0: Hey everybody. Welcome to the Distinctive Agent Show, where we help you build a business for a truly distinctive life. I am Todd Conklin, the Todd father. I've got uh, my millennial buddy. Yo, yo, rapping, yo. The rapping realtor, Keenan the Kid, Coit. What's up, buddy?
1: hey man just chilling it's friday uh we were just talking about the pool how hot our pools are and how hot it is outside and i'm gonna be in there the rest of the afternoon after we get done with this call sipping some beers hanging out with friends life is good
0: so maybe we should hit a couple of like serious topics about the millennial versus the the old guy Um, so when it comes to beer 30 like do millennials drink like Truly's and White Claws and stuff like that?
1: Oh, yeah, all that stuff. I mean, I like them. I'm definitely more of a beer guy. Like, give me just like a Coors Light and I'm happy. Um, but, yeah, the ladies, they love the Trulies, love the White Claws. And there's just so many coming out. It's like one of the hottest markets for millennial drinkers. It's like those, those companies are blowing up.
0: That's so funny. And so the old guys are like, oh, no, I think I need uh... – I think I need a Tito's soda, a splash of grapefruit, or let That sounds ice. good, though.
1: That let's sounds good. The whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe we're just cheap, so we get the cheap stuff. We're not buying so Tito's. Know, you know
0: what's funny is I find when we, when we go to the markets like in the mountains, um, the they're beer drinkers, right? But it's fancy beer, right? They're that's like initials
1: and micro brews. Yep, IPAs, all that. Uh, that's pretty
0: funny. All right. Which, well, that, you know, the, really... I,
1: the IPAs, though, are good, but also they're not great, man. Like, when I was in college, that was the cool thing. It was like, what's your favorite beer? And everyone would say, New Belgium IPA crafted in 1984, you know, or whatever. And I'd just be like, no, these are trash. Like, if you drink a bunch of IPAs, you feel terrible. That's too, that's too funny. Hey, listen, if I'm going to spend that kind of money on a fancy beer, I'm probably going to
0: have, like, a Rombauer.
1: Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Just saying. No doubt. Okay.
0: All right, well, this really, that's not the topic, right? So, <laughs> yeah, why, so why don't you run this yeah. today, buddy?
1: Yeah, so uh, it was good seeing you the other day. So Todd was in Grand Junction. The Todd father was officially back home. Um, it was great to see you. Fun to kind of talk and hear about the market. But um, I guess tell people who have been listening what you've been up to, because I know you've just been going office to office and um, just kind of seeing people checking in and doing your thing. Yeah. Leading, right. Uh,
0: You know, uh, obviously for, for a bit uh, with what's been going on uh, in our personal lives, it's been hard for me to get to some of the offices. So it's really exciting to be back in the swing and, and back seeing people and going and mixing it up. Really? Uh, You know, I, I'm always, I don't know why I'm surprised, but I am surprised at how similar all of the markets are and yet how very different they are. Uh, <laughs> that can, that can happen together, but uh, you know, the markets themselves are having some different behaviors. Uh, obviously we're seeing some consistencies, the inventory levels are climbing in all of the markets, but uh, what buyers are doing with those uh, differ from market to market. I was in Grand Junction I was over in Steamboat and uh, through the Vale Valley, which I was told by the way, uh, that I am not supposed to call it the Vale Valley. I'm supposed to, to call it the Eagle River Valley uh, because.
1: Good to know.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that. I'm, I've been calling it the wrong thing. Though. So I, I didn't mean to offend anyone.
1: No. So those who are listening, though, I mean, just like this, just shows you the incredible knowledge and what Todd brings um, to us, this company, and to those of you listening, is we're all kind of questioning right now of what's going on because each of our markets are kind of crazy and changing and things are happening. And so we're trying to figure out what's really going on. And I think you have just incredible insight because you see all these different markets.
0: Yeah, the access to the different data points and the different experts, which are you, the agents, right? Um, in the marketplace, is, uh, it's, it's pretty cool to be able to aggregate that information and then sort of deliver it back to you all in a way that you can have some conversations with your clients. I'll give you an example. You know, we, we, we talk about the 15 markets that we serve and because we have this, this microscope into the behavior of multiple markets, we don't get sucked into the bubble. And so we get to talk about, Hey, let's talk about specifically what's going on in multiple resort markets and how that's going to impact our local resort market. And, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel may or may not be a train, right? And we need to be able to have that conversation with our consumers and talk about a differentiator to be able to say, listen, Mr. Mrs. Seller, Mr. Mrs. Buyer, this is what we're seeing in multiple markets. And the differentiation between me and maybe a competitor of mine is they don't have access to all these multiple markets. And so they may not even know that the markets even change outside of whatever they're watching on TV.
1: For sure. And I think uh, that's just that's ammo for us as this market is just as the real estate market in general is getting tougher. Us agents need to stand out and really show our value. And if we can do that, we'll succeed. So it's I I think you're spot on. Value, baby. That was a lot of conversation being talked about uh,
0: this week. You know, I always I always love uh, where you can sort of look at somebody in the eyeball and you know exactly whether or not they're afraid or not. Uh, And the the agents who have really built on a solid foundation, they've followed the idea of, I need multiple lead sources. They manage their lead sources, meaning they know exactly how many leads, what the conversions are. It's a solid business like they would anybody else. They have this twinkle in their eye uh, because they're seeing the change in the market as a great opportunity. And then, of course, you've got oh, some for sure, maybe they, have, maybe they haven't been in the business long enough, they're doing really well, um, or maybe they're brand new and they just don't even know what to expect. And, you know, there's a little trepidation there for sure, as I think there should be. I mean, but uh, uh, we've all watched some people do really well in a changing market.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I think it just it, it, it weeds out all the other realtors that have kind of saturated the market. Um, and, and that's nationwide but also i think it's a, a great opportunity for new agents because these are the agents who are going to succeed the ones who maybe two years ago came in and just were were lazy and thought this was an easy job they might not make it but if you're getting into real estate right now like you're gonna have to learn pretty fast this is a tough job and you're gonna have to work hard and they're gonna create great work ethic
0: amen to that um the uh I had a call today with a bunch of agents that are sort of new to the business. And I don't know, I get excited for them. I get so excited for them. I mean, a lot of them are going to make it. If you look at the data, right, 87%, it's probably closer to 90% are going to make it. If, if, if that's a three to five year number. And so if you look back, then the last time we had any kind of an adjustment was 12 years ago. So if you use that, that data point, that means that less than ten percent of the agents that are currently licensed in the marketplace were in business during the mm-hmm. last time there was a changing market. Crazy! Uh, I, I, I was talking to Tom Ferry the other day. He was uh, uh, getting ready to to talk about a stat that he had gotten from Real Trends uh, that twenty percent of the agents that are currently licensed have been licensed in the last two years. And so, not only do they not know what an adjusting market is, they don't even know what a normal market is.
1: Hmm. Yep oh for sure there's a funny meme going around that's uh saying hey new agents who have been licensed in the last two years a price reduction is when you lower the price of your listing and it's it's so true it's it's hilarious yeah i uh i, I pulled that out during
0: our call uh earlier and, and it wasn't it wasn't received as funny as you and i
1: think <laughs> <that>. <laughs> <laughs> oh well so, some, sometimes
0: i win sometimes i lose that was that was yeah. L, but
1: <laughs> yeah. So, that, yeah. Continue on. Let, let, what do you see that's the same in all these markets? What What are we seeing? Well, inventory.
0: Right. In, inventory has changed. Uh, yes, that's, that's for sure. It is climbing. Uh, we are seeing price reductions. Uh, that That is the the similarity. I, you know, we have to be careful, right? It was sort of funny that. I talked to a guy and uh, he was just like, yeah, days in the market, you know, it has gone up to 17 days. And I was like, yeah.
1: uh,
0: <laughs> okay, uh, I can, I can remember when days in the market market in the higher end, so at the global luxury price point was north of 365 days, right? That For was sure. The average days in the market. And so, you know, certainly that's going to change between more traditional type markets and the luxury markets. Um, I think the, uh, uh, the other thing that has sort of changed, which really has sort of brought people together. R- remember, you had that sort of price sensitive group of people uh, that are not price sensitive, um, interest rate sensitive. They were getting a loan. And so any kind of an adjustment in interest rates really had a, a fairly significant impact. And we saw that first in the first time home buyer and in the more traditional type uh, purchaser. We didn't see that in the sort of the global luxury space. And so we're starting to see that, that gap sort of bridge a little bit, uh, whereas there was still some deal flow. There was still some buyer motivation because they were paying cash. Uh, that, that's not the same so much. I mean, we're, we're, we're sort of seeing um, uh, less buyers in both spaces for a variety of reasons. Yep. Um, I, I also think we'll probably see people enter the market quicker in the more traditional markets than we will in the resort markets because... the fact is today was it's 5.1 in colorado for example is the mortgage rate today that's that's not bad i mean bad
1: man it is a good time to buy right now if you live in grand junction i'm telling you what like i i just i have a feeling we're gonna look six months from now and be like man what an opportunity buyers had to get these i'm seeing some houses on the market that are sweet deals sweet sweet deals that are even sitting and uh they're they're still going under contract but there's just a lot more inventory and the buyer demand right now is is low
0: which is a really exciting time for a buyer who has got to have just been so exhausted over the last two years yeah so yeah interest rates are up but they they seem to be normalizing inventory levels are up which should put some hate to say it a little bit of pressure um, on the prices of of the properties but can I, can I just say it like for the last two and a half years, all we've talked about is, Oh, if you buy something at 500,000 today, it'll be worth 550 tomorrow. From an agent perspective, we've gotten to be pretty lazy. Yeah. Truthfully. People are not buying and selling homes. Well, let me, let me back up. 95% of the homes that are bought and sold in a traditional market are bought and sold because of a life change period has nothing to do with interest rates, has nothing to do with anything other than how many bedrooms is it in the right school district and this is the life that we want to live. Yep. Kind of the same thing in the resort markets, right? Somebody that's going to go spend 3 7 12 million dollars on a home is probably not super sensitive to the price. They're buying it if they were, they wouldn't be buying it, right? They're buying it because they want a legacy. They want an experience. They want a lifestyle. We've got to do a great job of digging in early on to identify why people are buying or selling and make sure that we are focused on their why, not ours.
1: For sure, man. Like, yeah, the the why and and figuring out, yeah, what it is. And I think for a lot of my buyers, I, I've just told them over the last couple of years, like prices are rising, um, but don't worry as much about what the value is. Can you afford this payment? And if so, do you plan on being here for a little while? Okay. There's no reason to not buy then, as long as you can afford it. One hundred
0: percent. Couldn't have said it better.
1: So uh, okay, what uh what else? Any any other similarities, differences, anything that just really stuck out to you?
0: Well, neither one of the markets is really seeing expired yet, but I would really keep my eye on expireds. Uh that would be a uh, every morning at seven AM I'd be looking at that and I'd already have my little expired package or listing presentation ready to go. I'd go knock on that door and, and that's leave it gold on
1: my doorstep. I gold. That, I mean that's gold. We need to be preparing for that right now, knowing that there's gonna be a lot of opportunity for that. Um lot of opportunity maybe not a lot, but for foreclosures, there's going to be some opportunity for foreclosures. Um, so making sure that you're prepared, if you want to be a listing agent for those foreclosure banks, that you're doing those BPOs for them, that you're in their system um, for when and if the time does come.
0: Yeah. I just saw my first alert on a foreclosure in Colorado. Um, I think it was on Monday. Uh, yeah. well, I haven't seen one of those in a while. <laughs> right, uh, but, but I do think people are going to have expired listings. Uh, I was talking to a guy yesterday and, and he said he, he fielded three angry seller calls. Um, and uh, he's a owner of a company. And uh, he said, well, what, what seems to be the problem? And said, well, my, my house has been on the market for 22 days, one of them. <laughs> and you know, I haven't got multiple offers and this is ridiculous. What are you guys doing over there? And, and, you know, he had to, he had to chuckle because, you know, that's what people have, come to become accustomed to. And so we've got to do a really good job of setting expectations. We've got to be prepared to give exceptional presentations of what it is that we do, keeping in mind that for the last two and a half years, you did not have to sell your value. You only had to put a property in the market and watch it go. And while I get it, uh, you've got to really get after marketing. Um, Mm -hmm. I was, I was up in Steamboat and uh, I was looking at all the market share data Uh, and there's a guy up there by the name of Robert Yazbek and Robert's got a team and Robert has grown over the last 10 years, 10 years ago, he was probably a $4 million producer, right? I think he hit like 80 some million dollars last year, Legend, right? I mean, that's massive. And it wasn't by accident. And one of the things that was super cool to watch with Robert was that while, while agents were taking the opportunity, if you, I'll put that in air quotes, the opportunity to take a listing, simply put it in the MLS, not do any of the marketing to generate additional buyers, not do any of the marketing to generate additional listing opportunities. They just simply put it in. Robert went completely the opposite. He said, oh, nobody's marketing watch this Mm -hmm. and he crushed his direct mail he crushed his social media video email marketing
1: he did expired his expired boxes everything his listing presentations everything everything, Everything. dialed he he didn't
0: do open houses he said nah i think i'm gonna do uh tacos and tequila right so he threw parties for every listing and he exploded And so I was looking at the data going, well, you know, did he explode? I knew the answer, but did he explode in, you know, lockstep with the market? Uh, Absolutely not. Um, That guy earned, crushed market share like nobody's business. Um, And he is prepared, right? He's prepared to have conversations with sellers and buyers about the value that he and, and his team offer. And that is really going to pay off now. Like, so, yep. so I look at his numbers and go, all right, he went to uh, $85 million in production. His market share is going to double over the next 24 months because he's prepared.
1: I love it love it i agree and he will um and i I love what you're saying like marketing we need to be top top notch right now another thing that we need to be top notch and level up on is just our numbers and knowing the market um if if agents aren't in the mls every day because to tell you the truth i didn't need to be the last couple years i could pull up some comps and be like cool let's list it right here but now we gotta know we gotta look at our active inventory and say okay seller Let's go look at these two houses that are f- listed for sale in your neighborhood or right around you. They're in the same price point. Let's see how they compare. And really di- taking the time to make sure properties are priced correctly, that seller's expectations are there and they know about the changing market um, and, and taking all those extra steps.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I honestly, if, could, if I were to just do it step by step, I'd say, hey, listen, make sure that you have your... I'll call it lead gen, but really we're talking about prospecting in place. And and I'm not talking about the nonsense that doesn't really work, that you have been suckered into paying for. I'm talking about the, the real stuff, the stuff that generates leads. Make sure that that is in place. Make sure that your presentation, both on the buyer side as well as the seller side, is absolutely ironclad. Know it inside, outside, upside down, the whole deal. They're very, very specific. If you need any help, DM me. I'm happy to help you with what that looks like. Make sure that you have very clear marketing plans for properties at different segments of the market so that you can come in and slay that conversation. Know your market each and every day and then figure out how you are going to deliver a full service experience. It's in your mission statement. We are here to create exceptional real estate experiences through the delivery of truly remarkable service. The passionate delivery of truly remarkable service, and so make sure that you have a process in place, whether that's yours, whether that your is your uh, concierge team uh, here, whatever it is. But you you have to deliver on that; otherwise, you're just going to get slayed.
1: I love it. I love it. Amen. I think everything you said is is spot on. I think if we do have people who hit you up and want um, you to go through maybe that buyer presentation or something maybe that's a good little episode we can do and that we can walk through how to do a badass buyer presentation um or seller whatever uh whatever the whatever the people want so i love that yeah yeah well for sure
0: right go ahead and comment below and then we'll figure out which one we're going to do but yeah i'm I'm happy to do that i think that would be amazing and and i think we might be able to bring in uh, maybe some guest
1: stars yeah talk about what it is that they're doing so yes love it well, I cool, think that's man. about it, man. I think it's a nice Friday afternoon podcast. Not too long, not too short. Great stuff. Uh, super valuable. Just any time we get to hear from you and get to hear your experiences and what you're seeing because you are one of the fastest growing, biggest real estate companies. And it's great to ha- Great to be on this team.
0: Thanks, dude. Yeah, I lo- love you and, and obviously love, love all you guys. You guys are great. So, so as we go, Friday afternoon, um, so
1: Coors Light or Bud Light? Oh, Coors Light, for sure. Colorado boy, Coors Light. That's right. There you go. All right. We'll leave How about it you? Yeah, no, for sure. For sure, Coors Light.
0: I don't really drink beer, but if I'm going to, it's going to be a Coors Light. <laughs> the way I'm supposed to say is- Sponsored is, by was, Coors when, Light. don't drink beer, it's no great <laughs> <good> taste, right? <laughs> uh, actually, you no, know, the answer to the question is, I like a great Pacifico. In Mexico
1: mmm oh yeah love that any Mexican beer Corona anything like that give me give it to me on a beach especially <laughs> there we go we've solved the beer
0: mystery how hey, right. you guys have an incredible day incredible week um, as always build a great business and be distinctive